What's up, guys? It is Rick Ginn, and it is Monday night. And tonight we were talking all about how to get deals even when you're struggling in wholesale. And I'm going to walk you through and just show you what I would do if I was struggling in your shoes. And lo and behold, this is what we do like in our local business as well, too. And I want to share with you because I've been doing this over 20 years. And I pretty much do the same thing every day, six, sometimes seven days a week, and I don't stop. And here I am 20 years later. Um, I love doing deals. Um, it's been uh, an amazing week, and um, I've gone nonstop today, which is what I love to do. So um, if you guys like doing deals and you want to talk about them, today we're all talking about like when you get in that struggle, kind of that funk in wholesaling, you, you sometimes... I don't like me, like, but when I started out, I got a little bit like frustrated and it felt like, like a deer in the headlights type of deal. So I'm going to show you the steps to take to mechanically get through it because in the end, it's all about getting a result. Okay. And you have to endure the everyday grind of wholesaling. And in the beginning, it is somewhat of a grind. I'm not even going to like, like pretend it to you, but I've always told you, if you can put two years into this business, your life will change forever. In two years, it's only 24 months, guys. I'm telling you, 24 months to change your entire life, it is a huge trade-off, okay? The military can make you a very disciplined person, very time-oriented. I'm all about giving you freedom of time and giving you enough finances, like an abundance of finance where you have endless options to solve problems that prior you did not have these options on. So if you guys want to drive, jump along on the board today with me, um, here's what we do. Put your name in the comments. Uh, actually, your name will pop up there. Let me know which market you're in. And this is a great place. So I started doing these streams a few months ago on my own channel here because we just make it a little bit more personable. So um, I love working with my son and like I wouldn't give it up for the world. But this is a platform so you guys can get to know me a little bit better. I get to know you. And sometimes I've got really good stuff. And I want to help you guys out. So particularly today, we're talking about the struggle. So use the comments. Number two, if you want to do a live, jump on there. I put the, I pinned the link on the very top comment. So it's very straightforward. And you can jump on there. And then, as I said, we try to help. I try to help you solve problems that you guys are working on. And if you guys are brand new to this channel and you have never been here, do me a favor, go over to freewholesaling.com. The only course where you get 100% free content, no fluff, everything's there. And all I want to do is help you guys get your first wholesaling deal, get you to the first 100 grand. It's ridiculous. You have to pay a guru to learn wholesaling. It's such a basic concept. But me and Zach are here to demystify this entire business and help you get started not only get started, get you to your first hundred grand and give you options in your life on what you want to do. I find most people teaching this business make it super complicated and they act like they walked you through this epiphany when the reality is you're going to have to do the hard work and you are going to have to go out there and talk to as many motivated tellers as humanly possible. So if you like the information, you're, you're, <laughs> if you like the information here, do me a favor, make sure you subscribe to my channel. That's first and foremost. Okay. It helps more people like you get in connections with people like me. So we can help you out for free 
And the idea is I'm trying to help out as many people as possible. What do I get in return? I'm able to create a legacy. I get to do deals with people all over the country. Um, so some of my best friends are found by just using this method. And the more people that get to know Rick Gim, the more legacy I can create. So if you want to do deals with me, I'll give you opportunities to do that. If you want to talk about a deal you're working on, or if you just want to get started and know more about wholesaling, you are absolutely in the right place. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you use the comments and the questions. Um, I answer most of them. And my God, please smash that like button. The more likes we get, just the more I feel like you guys kind of like me and it's relevant information. And um, it's kind of like an online applause. So with that being said, as I said, if you're brand new, go over to freewholesaling.com. There is the only thing you put in there is your email and exchange. You've get access to 25 years plus of wholesaling experience. And I teach you if you've never done a deal, if you've done like 500 deals, a couple thousand deals, I can still help you out with your game. So if that's of interest to you, this is what this channel is about. You guys probably know my son, Zach Ginn. Um, he, he doesn't do Monday nights. Um, I believe he did it last night. I think I was in bed when he did it. But either way, we're here to help you out. So we go live six days a week. And we got uh, a couple of changes this week. We do a little bit of traveling. We're doing like some family stuff. So you guys know um, there's nothing more important to me to family. So we're doing like some family weddings, some family visits. Um, so I just got to be on the road to do it. But you guys aren't going to miss a beat when we do it. So <clears throat> let's talk about it, guys. Let's talk about everything um, about wholesaling, particularly if you're struggling to get deals. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go over to my sloppy pen handwriting. I promise, I promised some of you that I would slow down <laughs> and, uh, make it more legible. Um, uh, my mom used to tell me because you would have made a great doctor, although I wasn't going to go and do all the studies for the doctor. You guys know that there's much easier ways to make a lot more money with a lot more freedom. It's called wholesaling. And I want to make sure everyone's up to there. So I'm going to push the mic a little bit away. So if you guys can hear me, let me know. As I said, if you have comments when you're doing it, um, bring it up there. What's up guys. Um, awesome. Okay. Let me see how to work this thing. There we go. So we're talking about struggle, uh, struggle. So the first thing, whenever you're struggling in anything, and by, I mean, this is wholesale wholesaling specific, but you can use this for any part in your life. Okay, so when you are struggling, you have to find a way to take action. Okay, and this is the part where you just start freezing everything you do. And what drives me nuts is if you do not take any action, you're just going to spiral your negative thoughts out of control. You're like, oh my God, wholesaling's not working, or what am I doing? The really weird thing about wholesaling, especially in the beginning, is you, you, you spend so much time taking massive amounts of actions and, and, and moving massive momentum and you don't feel like you get the results. And that's normal. Real estate does take some time. You've got to talk to a lot of motivated sellers. But once you get the actions going, it's going to give you the results you want. Okay? Now, these take some time. I'd like to tell you, you get home tonight and there's a duplex sitting in your driveway. It doesn't work that way in wholesaling. Okay. The problem is the minute you decide that because you're overwhelmed and you're confused, I don't feel right with the actions what I'm doing. So I'm just going to stop. Okay. 
So let me equate this to something we all deal with. Um, you talk about like losing a little bit of weight. Everybody, listen, we could all stand to use a few pounds, but the actions that get you to gaining weight is eating more foods that you're not supposed to be eating or eating often and inactivity. And so if you got to get active and you got to cut back on your food, those are the actions. If you stop doing that, what happens? The results get worse and it spirals out of control. And that's what you have to stop in wholesaling. So the first thing we are going to focus on is the actions you have to take to prevent your struggle in wholesaling. Because I promise you this, if you don't take any action, it'll only get 10 times worse. And here's the brave part of wholesaling. You have to take action in spite of results that you are not getting. Because the only way you can get the results is with a massive amount of action. It's ironic. It's weird. You're going to have to trust in the system because that's what it's going to take. So the first thing is, let's just talk about actionable steps. I know this is going to sound basic, but I'm telling you, you have to talk to, let's see, how can I put this? Ugly house owners. Okay. So no, that's the action. So let's get into the specifics of what you do. You need quantity because most of us lacked experience in the beginning. So how do we make it up? You're going to need a lot of quantity. So if you think you can talk to a hundred ugly house sellers, here's what I'm going to tell you you need to do right off the bat. Forget the hundred and look for 500. Okay. A hundred's not enough to even get you a deal. And so many people don't want to talk about this. You have to talk to a ton of people. If you are in your first 90 days of a wholesaling journey, the biggest cure when you're struggling is quantity. Now, this doesn't work so much on the cash buyer side, but on the motivated seller side, you have to do that. Okay. Number two, I want you to understand only speak with motivated sellers. Why do I tell you this? Because talking to 500 unmotivated people that are just selling their house for retail does not count towards your 500 um, prospects for ugly homes. Okay. How am I going to get 500 prospects to, uh, to have a shot at doing a motivated, motivated deal? Well, guys, this is really easy. Okay. So these two are combined. So we're going to jump down to number three. Government lists are going to be your highest probability, okay? And which, which, you know what? Ah, I meant to screen my, share my screen with you guys. I didn't do it. So, so we talked about action. Government lists are going to be your highest motivation, okay? I'm right like an idiot and you guys weren't even looking. Why do I say this, guys? Because you are in a market that's, that's, uh, really pulling back and government list, not only are they free, they have tons of motivation. Okay. The more motivation you're going to have, the more pain points, the better you're going to do in this business. Okay. I like these lists. The reasons you guys don't hear about these lists a lot, cause they're off, they're free. 
and most gurus can't really sell you anything. And then that's how they have to do it. Let me get the spammers and fix it. Like these bots are really, really good. Okay. Um, okay. I fixed it. Thanks guys. So government list, you have to attack. Now, if you want to know which government list, let's just dive into it. You're like, oh, I've never heard of a government list. So go over to freewholesaling.com. I got it right up on the screen, scrolling on the bottom. Okay. The, the best government list. You guys know how I feel about probate. I would say that's number one. Number two, code violations. Let me see as far as all my other lists. Um, I could go down <laughs> um, evictions. They're really hot right now. And you're going to get all these are from your local courthouse. Um, and then tax delinquencies. So when I'm talking to you guys, hey, Rick, I'm really struggling in wholesaling. This is why me and Zach constantly go through this exercise for you. How's your tax delinquency list? How's your code violations? Did you pull the eviction list? Did you do the arrest records? Yeah, arrest records. Okay. Fire damage. I said I'd slow down on my handwriting, but I rather I want to talk to you guys as opposed to writing. Um, water shut off. Okay, guys, this list goes on and on of all these lists. I told you I talked to speak to 500 ugly houses. You got to total these to a thousand because the reality is if you have a list of a thousand, you have about a 25% connection rate. That's going to lead to 250, which should give you a shot at one good wholesale deal. Okay, do you understand why you need quantity without quantity? you are going to struggle to hit your numbers as a wholesaler, okay? So your biggest cure in the first 90 days, and this, I've never met somebody in the first 90 days that didn't qualify for this, you have to increase your quantity. If you get on a live with me today, I go, well, Rick, I'm in my second month and I'm struggling. I'm gonna go and rip you through these lists and I'm gonna make you give me the real numbers. And if you want the truth, I'm gonna tell you where you're missing and how you have to, what you have to do to fix it. And all likelihood, I'm going to tell you to increase the odds hugely. Okay. But let's not stop there. Let's talk about like simple, the paid list. Okay. So on a paid list, you guys know the ones I'm talking around, reilist.com. Zach data. I'll put them on the screen for you. But basically, and these, you guys get 10,000 leads for a very minimal price, I think under 100 bucks. Try the free trial version before you do it. But I'm just telling you, I couldn't operate my business today without it because I used to pay almost a quarter per lead before I had services like this when I started in 2003. So my question is always going to be, have you utilized your 10,000? How do you utilize your 10,000? Real simple. Pull the vacant list. And these are all in your filters. Pull in the uh, zombie property list. Those are your vacant foreclosures. Um, high equity. Okay. If you don't know how to do high equity, go to freewholesaling.com. I give you my exact formula I use in my current business today to absolutely kill it. And I don't just say kill it. Like, guys, I do deals. 
I run a full wholesaling operation. I've been doing it for 20 years. I've always relied on high equity. It's not the only one I do, but it works really well. I have all the stuff, all the filters in there. I'm like, oh, I got to pay a guru $10,000 to figure out the uh, formula. I do. I just give it to you for free. Why? Because I believe in you guys. I believe I can help more people out. And in return, in the long run, you guys will help me out, build my legacy, and let me get in touch with everybody in the entire world and let them know what I do. The more people I help, the more people I can partner with. And I create a huge win-win situation because I helped you guys out when nobody else would bear to help you out unless you wrote them a big fat check. And I don't have a problem with writing a people check, but I do with wholesaling because I've been doing this so long. I know how to teach you guys. You don't need massive amounts of instructions. You just need a, a wholesaler that you can follow and do step-by-step -step exactly what they do. And that's what me and Zach teach you on the deal. So, um, and then basically I'm going to, I'm going to take these lists. Okay. Once you have these lists, and I'm going to do reverse driving for dollars. Um, I don't know how to abbreviate that for dollars. And if you don't know how to do that, go over to freewholesaling.com. It's basically we teach you to take a sticky note, put a note on the door. Hey, I've got a quick question about your property, your name. You put your virtual phone number on there and they call you. That way you can manage your time and you only deal with the people that are even interested in calling you back. Now, Back when I started like a dodo, I knocked on every door and it, it'd take me six hours to get through it. Now you can bang it out probably less than an hour by doing it the smart way, okay? And last but not least, guys, please do not forget this, okay? I, I'm trying to see if I'm missing anything on that. Um, quantity. I can't change the pen color. There we go, okay? The last one's gonna be networking. Okay. Now, if you haven't had a chance, try to go to your local RIAs. By the way, I love local RIAs. Anybody, anybody has a local RIA and you want me to like swing by and like hang out. I love just to hang out and really observe. I, I, I'm not one of these people has to get on a stage and speak and I don't wear a jacket or do anything like that. But, um, I love to just like mingle. I spent my first five years in RIAs, I loved every minute. I even opened up my own RIA. Um, that RIA is still going on successfully without me. And um, I just can help more people um, outside like the local RIA. But local RIA is a great place to get leads, to talk to hard money people, talk to cash buyers, and talk to other people getting started just like you. I love RIAs. If it's 15, 20 bucks to get into it, just pay it. It's well worth it. It costs them money to set this up. Um, and then also your title companies, guys, you've got to be spending time with your title companies and realtors. Okay. I've already told you with realtors, you're not looking for every realtor out there. You're looking for ones that will work with investors. I typically find the people are just starting out or the people that are just winding down their careers because, um, they have a fascination with uh, real estate investing. Don't ever start out by telling them you're a wholesaler, um, because, <laughs> It usually doesn't work out well with that. So guys, I, I'm here today to talk to anything you're struggling about wholesaling and everything. I guarantee you all your problems when it comes down to it is going to wind up being a quantitative issue. It always is because in the first 90 days, you're going from zero to a hundred miles an hour and you act like it's just going to be a piece of cake. It's not, it's a lot of work. The best thing you can do is consistently work at the same actions every day and build your momentum. And what happens after three and six months is you get, 
an enormous amount of leads. And then you have to work the follow-up on the leads. You constantly have people looking to go under contract. And then you have a new influx of leads. The problem is when you're starting out, you just have new leads. You don't have contracts or sellers you're working on in the past or the previous or at the present time. And you don't have any leads to follow up with. And that's why you feel so naked out there and you're struggling just to find a deal. Guys, I went through this journey. Every now and then I have a hiccup here when we have leads that dry up. What I do is I just always go back to the basics. Everything I showed you on this stream is what we do. Driving for dollars is probably the most often overlooked lead generation. If you're missing 300 leads in your pipeline, go out driving for dollars and get 300 leads. It's, I remember when I used to get frustrated, I had my entire staff, I put everybody out in the car and everyone had to come back with two or 300 leads. We would balk him with like 1,500 to 2,000 leads and it just fed us for the rest of the week. And I realized anytime you want leads, it's at your fingertips. The question is, are you willing to go out and get them? Okay. This is not a nine to five job. You are not paid by the hour. You are paid to use that brain to connect with motivated sellers and then find solutions to sell them to your cash buyer. So if you guys are down with that, oh my God, it is Halloween. So, you know, I didn't realize this. Am I robbing you guys of valuable Halloween stuff? That's terrible. I don't even realize it's, listen, every day is like uh, Saturday to me. So, um, interesting. So anybody wants to put on a costume, I'll put you on front and center and give you 20 minutes. But um, I'm just kidding. Like, you don't have to wear a costume. It's so funny. God, I tell you what, dude, when I was a little kid, dude, I love trick-or-treating, man. Different world when I did it. Everybody gets so offended about everything these days. So I don't know. We'll have to see. So, okay, guys, uh, let me answer a couple questions on here. I'll jump on the lives. And what's up, Corey? What's up, Lewis? What's up, Jack? Um, let's see what's going on here. So, God, you guys, listen, if you got kids, you should be out there trick or treating with them. So, Corey, I hope you're out there trick or treating, buddy. I know you, you carved that, uh, that, uh, that jack-o'-lantern. So, and if you guys got a picture of your jack-o'-lantern, like show it to me because I was one of the old guys that just, you know, did the square eyes and like the, I don't know, the, the really bad teeth type of deal. And then, uh, I remember my mom used to make me dig out inside the pumpkin. It was like, it was so disgusting, but I've always, I enjoy Halloween. I think it's kind of funny. So anyways, let's jump on. I'm going to go from left to right here. What's up, Tristan? How's it going, Rick? Dude, why aren't you trick-or-treating, man? You're young. Halloween costume. You going out tonight? No, not tonight. It's a Monday night, man. He's, like he's... A deal. There you go, man. It's crazy, man. My, I will tell you, though, when um, I just were full, when I was young in my 20s, I did go out. So I'm just, I, I'm never going to tell you guys, like, I'm a hypocrite. Or, like, I didn't do this. I, I didn't have a lot of guidance when I was younger. And, like, luckily, I was able to handle it hand some of it down to Zach, as you guys see, but it's, uh, I guess Monday on, uh, Halloween on a Monday night kind of sucks, but yeah, anyways, dude. what's going on, man? What can I help you out with? Just had a couple questions for you. And Shoot. all right. The first one is, um, if I decide to JV with you guys, I looked on your website, I saw, um, it said it needed to be 75% of Zillow. Does that mean the Zillow estimate? Cause Listen. I can just calculate ARV and then, yeah, yeah. so, so <laughs> here's the reason we do that. We get, Honestly, we, we've had to kind of like regroup and get it right. Um, the challenge is everybody thinks they have a deal, okay? 
If you learn through freeholesling.com, usually after about six months, you figure it out. Like people go, okay. Usually you do a couple deals and you're like, okay, I know what it is. Okay. Guys, there's a lot of money that goes in. Like when we JV with you guys, I have to pay people to sort through all the stuff and do it. So in the beginning, I didn't put in rules and boy, did I regret that. And the problem is I had to put in like some really, I hate to say it, but like common sense rules. If you can't find something like 70% off, like the Zillow number, you're probably not even close to having a deal. Right. Now, is it set in stone? No. But if somebody submits a deal, hundred percent value of like Zillow with like no motivation factors or nothing. Yeah. We're, we're not even going to, it's just going to be automatically rejected. So yeah. the problem is I get 300 leads and I got to pay someone 20 minutes to go through each one of them to like, look them up. It's yeah. exhausting. So I love to do deals with people, but like once you do like one or two deals with us and you recognize what we're looking for, which is what you should be looking for, then you know, it's the deal. The other common problem we have is people are way off on their ARVs. Okay. So that 70, 75% is not nearly as important as the ARV. Yeah. And the third one is you guys get them under contract. You try to sell them on your own and then you try to like slam them to me and Zach like the last four days of contract. Mm -hmm. You're wasting your time. I'm not, I'm not even going to pay an employee to do all that stuff. So we are probably going to be rewriting the rules here. We're working on some more aggressive ways so we can find the people that really want to do deals with us because I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not complaining guys, but like, I'm not like your last ditch effort. Like I, I didn't just start this business like last year. So what we're probably going to do is lean towards finding people that want to get it under contract and work with us. And then I have one of my team members, you can do a three-way call or we can just call them directly. And then we work out an agreement with you on how much work you want to do and what kind of profit split you want to do. And that way you can learn through the entire process because a lot of you guys are putting them under contract for terrible prices and there's nothing we can do with it other than renegotiate with the seller. So um, it, it's up to you. It depends on people's experience level. If you can get, if you get something under contract, like it's a no brainer, then put it under contract and contact us immediately. But here's the reality is you guys put them under contract 30 days and then you call me three weeks later and it's like, you can't understand why I don't want to help you because I don't, I, I don't have a miracle, man. If you can't sell it in three weeks, we probably can't sell it in like five days right? because you paid too much for it. So AR, bad ARVs is probably the worst culprit right now. Okay. And um, you're on here enough. Like I've done deals, JVs with people just talking to them on live streams because they give me the information. I even told people, let's get the seller on the phone and let's call them together right now and figure this out. They don't see us. They don't care. Okay. So does it make yeah. sense to you? Yeah, of course. I just found a couple of properties. Like I was looking all over like Pennsylvania. I found a couple that were way below the estimate, like probably like 50%. So I was, I was like, so, I so know. let me ask you this. What, uh, have you talked to the homeowners? I have talked to a couple of them. Okay. One of them was almost not budging, but I feel yeah. like there was definitely some wiggle room. Yeah. You know? So that, that's the biggest thing, I'm you know, happy. like one of the biggest things I get in this business because you guys are going to get it too. Eventually is, once people find out you buy houses, they're like, Hey, I saw a house over there. Now I don't mind people pointing out like an ugly house, like oh, we'll write the address down and we'll work on it. But like people really think they can just give you an address and they act like that just magically turns into cash. The most important factor when buying a house for a wholesaler is finding out the seller's motivation. Cause it's, right. if you don't know the motivation, you don't know if you're ever going to get a deal. And that's the biggest, I get people all the time. Like, why don't you just call them yourself? And they're like, let me know what's going on. No, no, no. I don't want to call them. Like I just saw a house look like it'd be a good fit for you. 
And I could probably get a hundred like that and maybe one or two have a shot. Yeah. And so nobody wants to do the work. Everybody wants to get paid. They just want to hand you like, oh, here's an address. Here's an address. Right. It's not that easy. If that's the case, we'd all just work uh, pre-foreclosures, right? Exactly. It's that easy, right? Yeah. Here's the offer. I'd like, get it done. So just get accurate ARVs and identify the motivation. And then usually that is the best recipe for getting a good wholesaling deal. And that's what I look for in every deal I do. I don't do any deals unless there's some sort of motivation. End of story. Yep. You're not going to get a good deal without it. It's just a waste of time. And then you're going to talk to tire kickers all day, and then you're going to be out of the business. Right. What else you got? Uh, yeah, so I just had a, um, two more questions. This second one is, how do you go about finding runners to do walkthroughs with your cash buyers if you're doing it virtual? I just heard that from one of Zach's videos. <laughs> yeah, so once again, like there's no magic um, formula for this. You actually have to put out ads or um, post on social media, Craigslist, whatever, and basically find runners to run around, take pictures for you. Sometimes talk to sellers or cash buyers. I prefer you use somebody maybe, you know, because there's a little bit more of a trust factor. Um, but like we commonly pay pe uh, people all over the country to take pictures of our properties. Sounds so good. I've had like four deals I'm looking at from like late last week and this week. And they're like on the opposite. One, one's on one's uh, like the East coast and one's way, way on the West coast. So like I, so I have one, uh, I have one that, uh, um, uh, that I trust and I'm a partner with and he'll take care of that. But the other one, like we have to hire someone, <clears throat> I think it's costing me $75 to take pictures Wow, it is what it is, yeah. but there, there's no magic formula for it. And I don't pay people for pictures and stuff until I know the job is completed and I have uh, all the files delivered to me. Right. Make awesome. sense? Awesome. Yes, sir. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I, I'd like to tell you, like you guys are like, sometimes you're looking for fancy answers and I don't have them. Like it just, you just do it. And like, let me tell you what, you will go through a lot of people on runners. So yeah. if you can find like, if you're doing a virtual place where maybe you went to school there or you kind of grew up there or like your parents had a second home or something like that, if you can find someone like that, but the downside is they tend to be lazy and they don't care. So like if you get something done for free, you're usually paying a big fat fee for it somewhere. So just keep it in mind. So awesome. Okay, man, go trick or treat, man. Go get one. Yes, sir. Uh, just go knock on everyone's door and say trick or sell me your house. Which awesome. do you want? Forget the candy, man. You get the cavities. <sighs> get the weight, man. Okay, man. I'll talk to you, bud. Okay. Let me see. I just currently want to. Okay. So. Anton, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Dude, you look cold, man. You, uh, how, what's, where, where are you at? Yeah, I got, I got it on 62 in my house. What, what's the temperature outside? I think it's like 54 right now. Jeez. I got to get out of Florida, man. It's like I'm, I'm sweating, man. I'm sweating in my own studio and it's just as hot outside, man. Yeah, What's going yeah. on, man? I like I got like two hoodies and I can only wear them like twice a year because I'm always like covered in sweat around here, man. The price we pay in Florida. What's going on, man? What's up? So uh, I'm still working on that deal I was talking to you about last week. Uh, yeah. Just refresh me. Which one was it? <clears throat> the She wants to sell the house as a probate, but she has squatters in there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Any um, progress on it? <clears throat> Well, I talked to her the day after, and 
she doesn't want to put a contract. She doesn't want to sign anything because she doesn't know the price of the house. Because her lawyer told her she needs to get the house appraised first. Yeah. Are you shocked? I told you that he would say that, right? Yeah. Do you, do you know there's no rule, there's no law that's... The lawyer thinks he's trying to protect her. But let me ask you, what do you think an appraiser is going to say with a squatter in the middle of the house? They won't do it. I'm just telling you, they won't go on the inside with that. So yeah, uh, she filed you can for tell... eviction, but they, yeah. they didn't get out of the house. So she has to file a she had to file a wrongful detainer act. Yeah, and, it's, uh, it's it's the squatters are terrible, guys. It's uh it's not fun. Um, I've bought a few select properties with squatters in them, but when I buy them, like they're deep, like the discount's so deep, like I, I'm I'm okay with the risk. Yeah, and, and it, uh, it, the the whole story is crazy. Like she said, the the squatters are actually her brother and his family. The the property taxes haven't been paid. Uh, right now, the utilities aren't on. So how are they living in there? She thinks she that they're running the rooms out, and then I guess yeah. doing something. But I don't know. I, I just know. don't know where to go to get her to. I I just. Uh, like say, okay, you can get an appraisal. Like you and me can't get in. How's the appraiser going to get in? Like, so that, that's a lawyer just giving you an automatic answer. Um, have you looked up the value of the house, the approximate value, just the, you know, the average? Uh, yeah. What, the, what number did you come up with? 270. Okay. How big of a house are we talking about here? Uh, she said her grandmother was doing work on the house before okay so i haven't been on the inside or anything but it's it's listed as a a three 2.5 okay and how bad do you think the condition you've have you driven by the outside of the house yeah it's like uh, boarded up windows or anything like that no i haven't seen anything but there was one window that was busted and they haven't taken care of the grass or anything there's overgrowth everywhere so she probably uh has code violations too right yeah, and there's uh, I see there's three hundred thirty-four thousand dollars worth of equity in it. So, well, if it's worth two, so is two seventy-nine what they're normally worth? Or I'm confused. That's what uh, I saw. Some of the other houses were selling for, but yeah, I, I didn't check the complete conditions of them. So, did she get this property via probate? Yes. Okay, and is the probate still open? Yes. I mean, the value of the house is only going to go down. So right. I, I would just keep trying to work with her and like get an offer. But here's the problem. Now you've got the classic lawyer block going on. Mm -hmm. And once the lawyer gets in there, um, remember, an appraisal is going to cost her five or $600. And by the way, the lawyer gets 200 bucks of it in his pocket by just making a phone call. That's why he's recommending it. A house like that doesn't... Um, you you can make a uh, a simpler approach and and tell them to get a BPO. Do you know what a BPO is? No. So it's it stands for um, broker price opinion, and it's kind of like the poor man's appraisal. And what they do is they hire a local real estate company, and usually a a sweet little old lady goes out there and appraises the house. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm telling you that is number one, it's cheap, and brokers uh, lawyers don't like it because they don't get paid on them. The average PPO costs between $50 and $75. And number two, realtors don't like to go to 
properties that are dirty, nasty, and have squatters. Right. And they will they will put a really low price on it if they see all those things going on with it. So um, an appraiser, I don't think you, even if you paid an appraiser, I don't think they would do it. So, so do you think I should just keep talking to her and then throw You got to keep talking to her because I, in the end of the day, she just wants to, she says she wants to sell it, right? Yeah, she wants okay. it gone as soon as they're out of the house. So you just need to find a number that like she's okay with without like trying to steal the house from her. And that just takes a little bit of artwork because she doesn't know what it's worth. So what I would do is just start, well, in the house under normal conditions, in whatever your number is, you know, I don't know what it is because you know your market and you can start educating her on it. And then uh, you could offer a BPO. It's going to fail miserably. Like I can't imagine any appraiser like, wanting to do a BPO on those houses. So BPOs, they want like the house empty. They want it vacant on a lockbox, and they don't want anybody questioning what they're doing. So the minute they go to a house with someone there, even the appraisers don't like you being there. So the difference between an appraisal and a BPO is $75 and $600. So um, you can try to save her money with that offering or that. Okay. Number two, I would try to figure out and see what you can get a value on that house. Like you got to get an accurate ARV. If you had to tell me today what the ARV is, what number would you tell me? Honestly, I don't know because the, the prices okay. are all over the place. So yeah. you you got to get a number nailed down and figure this out. So if you want, you can always recruit like a local realtor to help you kind of figure numbers out depending on what you do. But um, you got to figure out what the ARV is and then you're going to have to figure at least probably a seventy dollars to $80,000 play in that uh, based on like damages of squatters. That's... So I've never been with a squatter that didn't do 50 grand worth of damages minimum. Okay. So if the house was worth say 300, then I'd be talking about an offer of 150, maybe 170 and just see where she goes. You got to start somewhere, right? So you're better off like starting a little bit low. And then she goes, listen, uh, Antoine, I don't know the value of the house. My um, lawyer suggested an appraisal. I go, how, how's he going to do an appraisal if you and me can't get in the house? That's a great question. I tell you what, um, I could get a BPO for you and she's going to ask you what's that. I go, that's when you basically get a professional realtor or the broker, the realtor broker. And then they give us an opinion on what the property is worth in its current condition. Is that something that would be of value to you? Now, if you can do it, you can go out and handpick the person to do it and then just go find an investor-friendly realtor and explain the situation and let them help you come up with a number. But I think she is looking for a little education on the number because obviously her realtor friends, not, not, not her realtor, the lawyer's not helping them out at all. Yeah. So don't give up. You got to keep going. She just doesn't know what it's worth. And she's now feels like she's under control of the attorney, which is a I told you was the risk on this deal. Uh, but it's 50-50 on all of them like this. You got to find out what you think that thing is like fixed up. And then you got to minus off you what, and you're just going to have to guesstimate the repairs and your contract will be written for final inspection. So if you thought there were $50,000 in repairs and it wound up being like a hundred or 150, then you can renegotiate the contract. You have to leave room whenever there's a squatter in there. If you took this property over as is and took over the current eviction, if you can get it 50 cents on the dollar, I'd do it all day long. But I don't think, um, I think the lawyer's going to like frown upon it no matter what you do. So yeah. you don't, you, you realize you don't have to wait till the probate is over. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay. 
So you got to just get into your numbers and start digging in the weeds here because if you wait too long, somebody else is going to give her the numbers and she's going to like figure out like what to do. But um, if she wants to sell it, you got to politely try to get the lawyer out of the way. The best thing you need to do is if you can enter into the contract directly with her and then you don't need the lawyer's permission for anything, but she's under the lawyer magical spell and all clients believe that uh, lawyers would never steer them wrong and they're all perfect. And uh, there's nothing I can do about that. You just don't disrespect the lawyer and try to get accurate ARVs and make some assumptions and start playing around with her on the numbers. Okay. And just here's there, but it's kind of funny. An appraiser, really, if you can't get in there, let me ask you, have you asked her if somebody knocks on the door, will they let them in? She's tried to go to the house. And, and they uh, won't let her in, right? No. So how is anybody else going to get in there? It's like ridiculous. Yeah. Listen, just I'm telling you, hang in there because the, this is the formula for like a really good deal. It's just frustrating. The only thing that's screwing you up is the attorney. You know that, right? Without the attorney, this would be a home run. Yeah. Uh, do you recommend I wait for the because she wanted to wait for the wrongful detainer to go through? Do I have to um, wait for um, them to be out of the house to put it on the contract? You can still have it under contract and make that as part of the final condition. And listen, I prefer they get rid of the uh, squatter because squatters are a nightmare because you can't really you can't wholesale the house. You can't assign it with the squatter in it because you're going to have the same problem she does. But you could. Most people selling a property like this in probate, they just want certainty in their life. Okay. And then you can also go, listen, if you enter into this deal, I'll cover the legal cost for the uh, eviction. It can't be more than 1500 bucks. And to be honest, if she gives you a good enough deal, that 1500 bucks might pay you a hundredfold, like little things like that. Because the flip side is like, well, I'll finish the eviction, get them out or get the house cleared. And then when it goes through probate and then they can put it on the regular market for like the highest bid. But if they do that, you really have no shot in hell. So what you'd like to be is like the day that, that um, uh, judge enters into a, uh, some sort of writ of possession, you want to be the first one to be able to execute and move forward that contract. So why not go ahead and do all the title work? Let me get all the paperwork done. And then that way, as soon as we have something from the courts, you don't have to wait another 90 days to get this done. Okay. Okay. Now it, it's going to be a challenging for you because you can't really market that property till it's vacant, but right. it is what it is. It's like, I hate squatters, man. Like if I have to take it with a squatter, they have to be giving it away to me. Like it's gotta be an insane price because there's a lot of risk when you do that. So if you can get it the day they enter into that judgment, because by the way, once the judge enters into the judgment, the squatters are usually gone in 24 to 48 hours because they know a sheriff's coming. And how do I put this nicely? When someone's squatting in the in a property, do you think they want the sheriff sniffing around that property? No. No, because they're usually going to find illicit drugs, all other sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are, uh, uh, you know, they got warrants on them. And they usually, so once they put that notice on the door and usually in 48, 72 hours after the judgment, they're all gone. The last thing they want is a cop sniffing around those places. So keep working with her. She just doesn't know what it's worth. And she's hiding um, a little bit behind the attorney. And then I constantly remind him, listen, remember what we talked about when we initially talked, you said your goal is to have the property sold. Okay. You don't have to wait till this is all done. I get the squatter thing as a little bit of a family deal, 
but why don't we have everything else done so once we clear that obstacle, we can just move forward and get this deal done? Is that something we can work together on? I like you. I want to make this work. So you got to make it as easy as possible because the lawyer's not going to make it easier on her. And the lawyer's going to keep throwing up roadblocks. But always tell the seller, especially in probate, they ultimately have the power in the decision because who works for who? The lawyer works for the, the, uh, the personal representative, not the other way around. But most lawyers treat the personal representative like they work for them. And that's why they start telling you. An appraisal is completely out of line on that property. It's actually wrong and it's dangerous. And the attorney could be held liable for sending an appraiser out in a reckless situation like that. So you can offer a BPO. It's 75 bucks. Say, listen, I would even pay for it if you could pick out the BPO and then go find like an investment property company that deals and stuff like that. But uh, make sure they're not going to write a contract behind your back type of deal. Okay. Nobody's getting in that property. You can't appraise it. And the BPOs are like, listen, I'm just going to have to give you the lowest number possible because I can't see the inside of it. And that's how they work. So right. that's how we did a lot of our short sales back when we couldn't get inside of them. And it still works today. So okay. just keep working on it. And you've got what we call um, lawyer block going on. I like to use another word, but I'm not going to use it. And you just kind of have to hang in there. Eventually the lawyer, um, they will make a mistake. I'm just telling you, they get lazy and they forget about their client. And then once the client gets frustrated, that's when you can help them out. Go, listen, you want to sell it. I want to buy it. Let's make this thing work. I'm not sure the attorney can do the probate like I, but the probate doesn't have to stop you from selling the property. And then the proceeds can go through probate. The sooner you get that property sold, the better this is going to be. And keep in mind, Antoine, what, what is your leverage over this um, deal? Like, what do you think for telling your seller? Because I know they're stalling on you. What's happening with the real estate market? Oh, the, the prices are going down. Prices are going down, my friend. Interest rates are going up. Recession's coming. Like, honestly, I would want to get rid of this thing sooner than later. But I can wait. But I'm just, my say, listen, my goal is to save the estate money and give it certainty. And I can do it one of two ways. We could just buy the property or we can wait till the, uh, the eviction is somewhat set by the judge. And then as soon as we get that paperwork, I I'll be ready to go. There's no delay in running title or anything like that. Okay. okay. Because it's once you enter in the contract, you're going to have to have another 30 days to kick this lawyer in the butt to have them um, enter a motion to um, liquidate the asset. So, if she doesn't do anything right now, like she's not even selling this property this year. And why not? Why not get rid of the headache in 2022, right? Right. So, and by the way, uh, you said it was her brother that was the squatter? Yes, her brother has his family. Okay. So I assume they're, they, they have a strained relationship? I guess so. And they were okay. using the grandmother's account to pay for all the stuff in the house, but she cut them no. off. So now Listen, um... Yeah, I've, I've never just so you guys know, I've never had a good experience with a squatter. Squatter is completely different than like a holdover tenant. OK, squatters are like they don't care. They don't follow any rules. And that's the problem with it. So keep following up with it. You kind of understand the angle I'm going out with this. You just you need to just take time and let her know you're on her side. And eventually you got to have a break from what her lawyer keeps telling her. OK. Or you can you can also call a poker face and go, go ahead, have him get it appraised. You can't get in there. I can't get in there. He can't get in there. 
maybe he's got like a magic uh, wand for someone that can enter the property with like with no resistance. Mm. So listen, uh, whoever going over there, make sure they're packing because it's going to be uh, it's going to get interesting. It's ridiculous. You wonder why I get so aggravated with lawyers, man. They think, you know what, what ticks me off about lawyers? Like a lot of my friends are lawyers and stuff. They're smart people. But the thing is, they always think they're above everybody else. It doesn't matter. I'm like, drives me nuts. Just be patient with it. it. Eventually, something will give. She's going, just so you know, in the end, Antoine, she's going to sell it to an investor and most likely a wholesaler. The question is, is it going to be you? And this is where follow-up and persistence is everything. So always let them know you're on their side and you want to help her out. But in the end, she has the power to make this work. Nobody else. Yeah, she says she's talked to other people, but they, I was the only one that didn't sound like a robot. Yeah. But listen, I want to help you out. But like, I, I would do uh, market falling and we're getting ready to wind up this year. And what better way to go into the holidays having known this deal's done? I'm telling you, man, and just keep saying, how good would it feel to know this deal's done? It's in the bag. It's certain. And I would just try to keep invoking those emotions. And eventually, if she makes a decision to override and sign a contract with you, then you don't have to worry about what the lawyer says. So unfortunately, you have to hold tight until she signs that contract. Just make her feel at ease. I, listen, I've entered in contracts. I go, I tell you what, I'll enter the contract. And up till the day of the eviction of that, if you want to get out of it, I'll let you out of it. I'll even write it in there. What do you got to lose, Antoine, right? You don't have a contract now, so you might as well give it a shot if you have to go that method. Mm -hmm. How many other sellers you know is going to give you an automatic out on this deal? Now, listen, the bottom line is you can't make people sell you their house. So when you can't get traditional traction by keep pounding them with like persistence, try some like non-traditional approaches. Go, listen, what if I wrote you an open-ended contract? The whole goal of the open-ended contract is to put her at ease to get the signature and number two, keep any other investors out of her hair. Because in the end, she's going to have to agree to sell it to you anyways. And by the way, I've had probates where they've signed full you know, contracts and they've backed out anyway. So like, what's the difference? So if you can't get her to do the traditional way, go, listen, I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to give you what I call an open-ended contract. And it means you're just committing to me now up through the end of this year. And then if we can get that eviction move forward, then we both can agree, uh, agree to move forward. You might as well give it a shot. The only people that give you a gripe on that is the attorneys. That's not valid. That's not legal. It is. They just didn't like that you didn't consent with them on it. So give it a shot and see how it works out. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay, bud. I'll talk to you, man. Persa, what's going on? No hey. trick-or-treating tonight, huh? No, I skipped the trick or treating just to talk to you. So, do you guys did, did you guys ever go through like that awkward age of trick or treating where you like you want the candy as a kid, but you like you don't want to hang out with the little kids and put on like the I, I remember this like it was yesterday. It was just like, and uh, I dude, I'm so old. We we're back to those like cheap plastic masks, and like they smelled like for like uh, it smelled almost like formaldehyde because they were so cheaply made, and then they were like plastic. And then when we got older, when you got 13, 14, you just threw like a sheet. Like you just threw yeah. a sheet over your head. <laughs> I don't know if I would do that today. And then like the worst thing we ever did with somebody was, I don't know if I should say this out loud. So uh, you would either egg someone's house you didn't like, or you would cover their trees in toilet paper. Now I will <laughs> tell you the egg, as long as you rinse it off the next day, it's fine. But if you ever toilet paper a tree, it is unbelievable because when it gets wet with the dew at night in the morning, it's a nightmare. And it takes months to get out of it. So if you like 
litter an entire oak tree. Obviously, this was before COVID because we wouldn't throw toilet paper away on purpose. <laughs> but I, I tell you, I'm reliving all these Halloween experiences. I forgot it was Halloween today. I feel like an idiot. What's going on? What can I help you out with? Yeah. Well, speaking about egging people's houses, I feel like this is totally on topic. Um, okay, go. <laughs> I'm listening. Yeah, for sure. So as uh, I've been mailing out probate letters, the responses sometimes come back nasty. And yeah. um, something that I guess has been kind of cropping up is like one of the ones said, um, take me off your list and shame on you. Your ambulance uh, chaser, grave yeah, digger. If you continue to market to me or my mother, I promise you will not promise. like the publicity that your funeral chasing tactic will yeah. garner. I will yeah, be posting just... this on social media, right? Okay. So right, that's fine. Yeah. I guess what, I, and I have thick skin for that. My yeah. concern for it is that I've been trying to basically develop a brand in my market. Mm -hmm. And so as I work on that, I know eventually people are going to be able to Google me um, um, and find. Yeah, this my, is easy. Yeah. This is, like I'm, I'm itching to tell you the answer. So I've been through this 20 years. I've been told I'm going to be arrested. My husband's an FBI agent. He's coming over right now to lock you up. We have your IP address. Um, I've been physically threatened at my own house once before. I fixed that quickly. Um, but like initially when I did cold calling on probates, I kind of had the same, like, I, I go, man, this is like a little, like, this is like borderline, like, you know, I thought it was sketchy. Okay. For full disclosure. But what happened is I figured out, and actually my son woke me up to this is if you don't start cold calling these people, other investors are going to help them out. And that, then the realtors started stepping on us and started taking all the deals. I'm like, well, I know I can help out people uh, better than anyone else. So sometimes you have to do stuff to, uh, it's like a, a, a means to an end. Like the reality is nobody likes to change the oil in their car and you don't have to, but eventually if you don't do it, you're going to need a new engine. Like there's, there's no way around it. It sucks. If you ever done it, like I, I've only done it a few times. You have to do it. Now you're worried about, so first of all, I've always told you with probates, how often do you mail to your probates? Be honest. Like the once same person. To, once or twice. Once to twice. So you're never going to be. So they get annoyed after five or six. Like I get it. That's why I do not overdo it. That's purposely. And if you're going to overdo it, switch them to like a regular piece of mail or a postcard, something different. So it doesn't look like the same person that keeps chasing them down. Okay. The odds of someone coming after you after two mailers are so slim to none. It's ridiculous. Number three. Okay, they post it on Facebook or say they put it on Instagram or something like that. Honestly, it's probably the best publicity you're ever going to get. All you're trying to do is reach out and help people buy a house. Yeah. That's it. Like, what does your letter say? So the only thing they can do is post your letter, right? What's your letter say? It's very similar to what you have. There you go. So yeah. like the threat is they're frustrated. And remember, first, you... You've got to understand when people respond to you, and this isn't just wholesaling, is you have no idea what's going on in their life in that particular moment in that time in their day. They could have a rough time. Somebody could have just, well, that's a terrible analogy, but um, have you ever snapped out at someone and it wasn't their own fault? Oh, yeah. We all do it. So it's like, I get it. People react to it. They get frustrated. But 
Let me ask you this. Do you think Domino's or Bed Bath & Beyond cares what kind of mail you get, coupon you get in the mailbox every day? Do people call and post that on the internet? You believe this? This is the 60-second coupon they've sent me. How dare these people? They don't. And it's, it's, it's more so like a, I'm concerned not about them posting on their own social yeah. media, but like finding my business social media and my business like profile and I, like putting a bad review on there. Let me ask you. Uh, so first of all, you can't control reviews. Okay. It's, it's Google's. Um, I have negative reviews. I give stuff away for free and I have negative reviews. So I understand that there's a certain part of society I can't control. And if you think you can control them, please call me immediately because I need help because you can't. It doesn't matter how big you are, how small you are. There's always a certain percentage of the population that are just Karens. They're just going to complain about everything. So I don't worry about it and I don't let it affect how I do marketing and I just move forward. And then if you ever get a negative complaint, okay, um, I think I got... Um, the complaints you only have to worry about are kind of like Google and there's an easy way to not suppress them, but you just, you fill them up. If you get 20 positive complaints and one negative, it actually looks good because if I see 20 positive, um, reviews, I know you're probably faking it. Everyone's got one dark skeleton in their, in their closet. So I once had an employee, um, which was nothing more than a receptionist at my company, basically demand $5,000 or she was going to do this or this and expose me. I'm like, do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. So she wrote like a two page negative review. And I was upset. I was uh, because it's somebody I paid and worked with the company for quite a while. And um, we had to terminate her for performance and like just just regular employee stuff. So here's the best part is I, I was going to hire all these consultants and like figure out how to do it. You know what I did on the complaint? I'm sorry you feel that way. I wish you the best in your future endeavors. That's it. You can't fight negativity with negativity. It never works. And so you look immature if you keep fighting with people. It's just like everyone's entitled to their opinion. There's people pipe, uh, pipe, uh, probably typing stuff in this live that I, I don't agree with, but I can't change it. Everyone's got an, the problem with social media and the internet in general is everyone's got an opinion and people that were sitting in their basements, keeping it to themselves are now going public. And so you're seeing a certain percentage of societies Listen, I tell you, I had some real, I had some issues when I was a lot younger wholesaling. I had people like, um, I busted up like, um, uh, I mean, really screwed up houses, uh, drug houses. I busted up, um, I busted up like some sort of crazy party, uh, drug house. And I mean, the granddaughter was just like, I, I told the grandmother, I'm like, uh, these are pictures from the house. She goes, that's not my house. I'm like, it's your house. I remember getting a threat and they were smart enough to dig up like enough stuff on me. Like, if you do this, we're going to do this, this and that. And I got nervous and I let them shut me down for a week. And then I met with like a lawyer and um, some security people like they're never going to do it. Like, don't like. So they were threatening my life. And I'm just like, if you do this deal, we're, you know, we're going to make you go away. I'm like, OK. <laughs> so what we did is I followed a police report and they went straight to the house and we like met them straight on. And they're like, listen, if anything happens, we're doing a restraining order. And the bottom line is you're always going to get threats and stuff like that. If you're a good person and you're not sending out malicious pieces of mail, they're upset about the mail you're sending them, right? Yeah. It's just a piece of mail. Throw it away. Right? Yeah. Okay. If they're upset when you're cold calling them, 
then just don't call them back. That's all you can do. There's only two things. By the way, you guys want to know why I love direct mail so much? Because it's 100% legal. You cannot go to jail for it. There's nothing illegal unless you send out some fraudulent offer. So when people threaten me and they threaten my staff all the time, when we send out mail, we send out a lot of it. Oh, do what you want. Like, I don't care. Like, I move on. I don't care. You have to get really thick skin in this business. Um, trust me, there's a lot of other businesses so much worse that I've seen. And every now and then people are going like, to call you names. So is it mostly the mail or the phones that bother you? Or is it both? It's been a response to the mail. Okay. So yeah. those are the easiest, honestly. And if this is the biggest thing I can protect you against, that's nothing. When you start cold calling and get lit up, and I'm sure there's some people on this, this live right now that can tell you, man, people can get really nasty and personal. Like, um, I've, I've, I've had some stuff that like will put a tear down your eye and it's not like a sad tear. It's like, I'm so frustrated with what you're saying. So you got to understand when they respond in mail and like, they either leave you, they call you back, leave you a voicemail or they writing you back. Which one is Both. it? <laughs> so you want to hear something funny about once or twice a month. So we have an office where we get all the returned mail and then someone's job is to sort it. And there's always a stack. This, it's called Rick's box. And I go, Rick, there's a special one with label with you on it. And like they, they put it in a special thing. And these things are so like, I don't trust them, but um, I'm beyond curious. Like it, it, I, I got to see what they sent me. So um, either me or just one of my staff will literally put on gloves, rubber gloves, because people are nasty. Okay. This is true to this day. Then we'll put up to a really bright light to make sure like there's not like some sort of powder or something in there. And then we look at it and then we pour it out and we take a pair of tongs and we read the letter and we just, and uh, we post them all on the wall. So instead of running from the stuff that like upsets you, just kind of make it, just make fun of it. Think about this person who has time in their life to sit there and complain about sending you a letter. Who? Yeah. I Did you call that. them a personal name in your letter? Did you say, I can't believe you. Listen, I'm told all the time. I'm called a uh, a grave robber, a grave digger. Um, and honestly, I, I took about a year to get through it. So you're going through the process. So um, unfortunately, um, you can't fix that. And I am always give everybody on a probate a pass whenever they write me or call me because yeah. it's a challenging thing. Like I get it. Sure. All I'm doing is looking to buy the house. I'm not like looking to pry into your probate. If you want to sell it, great. That's it. Move on. Yeah. So don't worry about it. You're fine. For sure. You've been called a lot worse names. I promise you. (laughs) If you want to get on here and I'll light you up for five minutes and then if you survive it, then uh, you'll be good to go. But remember, when you are on a live phone call and they light you up, it can get under your skin. It gets under my skin. So that's why I don't do it. Zach, he could care less. But when like when they're writing you a letter, like think about the time and energy it takes to do that. That's like you writing Domino's or Bed Bath & Beyond and saying you're, you're offended by their coupon. And if you keep sending it, I'm going to send the police over or I'm going to put this on social media. By the way, if they put it on social media, what would happen? Nothing. Nothing. Nobody cares. It would be comical. It's like, hey, the, that's how you get tagged as a Karen on social media when you complain about everything. So somebody writing you a letter, which is perfectly legal and 100% legit in the United States. There's no crime committed. The only crime is you don't endorse what we do. That's fine. Throw it away. Throw it away. So you're, listen, you're, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Just, 
It doesn't bother me. I have to get through X amount of them. You're going to have to get through hundreds of them, if not thousands, to eventually get what you want in life. Yeah. And by the way, every business goes through this stuff. It's not just, um, I help other people out with their businesses, just like friends that we consult. And oh my God, you should see the stuff people have to deal with on social media. And by the way, every day, do you think there's probably, me and Zach probably get about 300 hate comments a day. I just laugh. I'm like, yeah. if us doing this for free is threatening your business model, maybe you need to relook at it. I, I mean, some of the words are just like, I can't, you know, and just like everybody makes, people are just so immature. You're fine. It's a piece of cake. Guys, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And especially if you put it on paper, I don't even care. <laughs> and then if I you want to send something on social media, the only thing that can be detrimental is like a Google review because people wait up. And if you get a negative Google review, go find 10 people to give you a good review. And then that gives you like an 8.9 in stars and it's over. And if you ever get in a fight with somebody online on a review, kill them with kindness. They don't know how to respond. Yeah. And I just go, listen, I pray for you. I think there's something going on in your life and I hope it works out for you. Like I truly like people don't understand this business. I don't hate anybody. There's some world leaders that I wish, like not ill on, but like I wish they would go away. But for the most part, if you have to hate someone, there's something so bad in your heart, like it's just disgusting. And uh, so you're fine. You're going to get a lot more of it. So I want you to get more of it. How's that? And okay. anybody threatens to you, here's the simple um, objection that usually kills 95% of them. I'm sorry you feel that way. I promise I'll leave you alone. That's it. That's all I ever say. Because yeah. the minute you start fighting them, then it's like, it's resistance. And what people like to just, they like to, people, we are geared to fight. You know that? It's ridiculous. We should all be looking for like inner peace and crap like that. But like, I just like, I've learned when you fight people, you're going to get a fight. So whenever you look at someone and go, listen, I'm not, I don't care what you think. I don't like what you do. Although I have to deal with you, I'm not going to fight with you and go, okay, well, and I go, well, I'm just sorry you feel that way. And I just kind of move on like, cause you can't get that time back. So like, stop thinking about it. You're just overthinking it. And, um, the ones you got to deal with you cold callers that like get pounded on there. I feel for you because, uh, I've sat there when my son and my staff's doing, it, I'm just like, Oh my God, these people are brutal. One last question. Yes. And I, I, th I think I already know the answer based on our conversation, but, okay. um, do you send to properties of all values or do you exclude high value properties? Cause I, feel um, like I exclude high, I exclude high value. Um, now th there are certain campaigns I do do. Um, they're typically going to be on multifamilies, which is different. Um, but you got to understand the average seller in the United States, the average person we buy a wholesale deal is someone who paid for a property that had a dream, just wanted to get it quickly, didn't think it out. And then they usually get caught, um, they turned it into a rental or they let somebody else use it. And it just went like really bad. Most of these houses are going to fit at the average median price or below. The problem with the upper end houses is it's a more sophisticated seller, meaning they're better financially off and they can usually weather out more storms than the average person. And number two, the problem I don't like them is they all, they're like know-it-alls and 98% of those properties are going to trade hands through a realtor. Okay. So like in the beginning, why waste time doing it? And honestly, if you get like a $1.4 million property what are you gonna do and you that? get it up for a million, like I guarantee you, they're going to demand a proof of funds for you. And you're going to be like, uh, and then you're going to like, who am I going to sell this to? So unless you have a sophisticated network of like wealthier buyers, which there's not a lot of them, they tend to fall flat on their, their, their 
space. So I, I've done land, I've done development, but like the hiring houses, there's, um, I worked on a $5 million deal. I worked on it four months and then I got caught because I couldn't come up. I had to come up with like $3.5 million proof of funds in a bank account through a lawyer. And uh, they didn't like that. It took me like three days to try to put that together. Now that was, that was a while ago, but and it was yeah. a good deal. I just like, we're not, sometimes we're just not completely prepared. So the idea of wholesaling is get your skill sets figured out, make some money, get some money in your bank account. And then when bigger opportunities come up, you can decide if you want to try to do it. But keep in mind when you get in the higher class, more sophisticated, they can ride it out. They usually don't take a big discount and they want to work with a real estate attorney and a real estate lawyer. And they always require a proof of funds. So if you understand you're going to have those five giant obstacles up front of you and you want to take it on, usually you want a big fat cash partner to take on that stuff. Now, and then the ones you buy, they're usually just train wrecks. People have destroyed them. Like they've over-customized them and they're like, and so the downside on the bigger ones is they, they can take anywhere from a year to five years to get done. Wow. That's not attractive. So, yeah. And I noticed uh, there's a correlation between the i've been i haven't been excluding them and it seems like i get the messages from the lawyers and the nasty grams it's just, it's from just, those it's just i think it's just a waste of, uh, i think uh, if, if you feel like you could take this property now okay just give me off your, so um what you do is just set the uh on your you just look through them once they're a certain dollar amount but like on probates i'm not overly picky but like once you get into million dollar properties I've never had someone sell me a probate on a million dollar property, at least off of that list. I did get one from a realtor referral, but you have to have a connection with them people because they're very difficult sellers. They're like, hey, are you going to offer me the most? Like every one of them, I'm like, oh my God. It's like, got it. It's up to you. Yeah. Don't exclude too many in probates, but if you start seeing like five, $10 million properties, if you do get it, like, what are you going to do in the beginning? That's the challenge. You got to bring somebody else that can help you to take it down. So, yeah. And in my market, I don't have like $5 million properties, but things that are five times more than the, yeah. the average, it seems like I should exclude Now those. in an appreciating market, like what we just went through, you could pretty much th you could pretty much do any, but in these times I wouldn't even mess with it because the time is going to kill you. And then who's even going to qualify for a mortgage for one of those? It's a challenge right now. Sure. It's a challenge to qualify for regular mortgages. Crazy. So. Cool. Well, thank okay, you. Okay. Don't worry about the names it. and stuff. It's like, you're doing something, the more, listen guys, the more people you piss off in this business, it just means your quantity is going up and it's good. And if you let one person go, I'm going to cut back marketing because I don't want my feelings hurt. Your feelings are irrelevant in this business. It's just the truth. I know it hurts. Nobody wants to be called names. I do have emotions. I'm honestly, I'm a pretty emotional person. Um, but like I've had my life threatened, like, like a legitimate threat. And I had to concern myself and I got through that. So I'm just telling you, most people are full of crap and um, they're just Karen's. You'll be fine. Thanks. Okay. See you, Persa. Jonas, you there? Yeah, I'm here. It's dark, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> it's really you have, uh, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I... Do you guys celebrate Halloween over there? Yeah, we, we do. It's not as big as in the U.S., but we do. Yeah. Did you guys see what happened in uh, South Korea yesterday? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a stampede. Like, Absolutely. So, so many people got in this little confined area, and mm -hmm. people kept coming in. The people in the middle, they got literally crushed to death, like 150. I'm like, 
what a horrid death, man. I mean, just yeah. whoo. I didn't realize Halloween was like so national. People are nuts in the United States here. What's going on, man? How you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, so uh, I, I got pretty low on my marketing, uh, so I flipped a few cars, but now I'm up like uh, like 12K, so I have plenty of marketing. So I have uh, now I'm just going all in on government lists, no okay. paid list. Uh, Excellent. So, uh, in five uh, cities, I'm pulling right now the code, the probates, the water and fire. Uh, the water, one city, I, 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 I'm I going back and forth uh, with the city attorney. Um, so we'll see. But I'm going I'm to try don't to you, Yeah, attorneys, just they, they just never stop, man. They're always getting in our way. And uh, you guys just got to keep fighting the fight because they all think they're smarter than us. Mm-hmm. And the reality is the attorney, you work for somebody. So I'm not asking your permission. I'm telling you. You need to follow what your boss says you're supposed to do, and that's it. So they all think they're the boss. And um, unfortunately, I have to deal with attorneys almost on a daily basis. And uh, even the attorneys I hire are like a pain in my butt. But, you know, the idea is to kind of keep you out of hot water. So um, just, guys, we're pounding away on these government lists. Like, they are by far the best thing going in the market right now. I'll let you know if it changes. But that's what we're doing, and that's why we're talking today about you know, people struggle on your deals. Like you just got to double down. You, but you're like you're doing five cities, man. Like that's huge. That's a lot. Yeah, and I, I, I've been getting so much better response. Uh, you know. Well, the, you can you can tell the market's changing in the United States, right? Yeah. So it just remember you got to change with it because the numbers, what they were three or six months, are not completely different, but they're definitely down. Yeah. So you just got to stay in tune with what your cash buyers will pay for these properties because. I see a lot of investors putting stuff under contract. They just they're they're not putting them under for the right price, and they're struggling selling them to cash buyers. So just you guys make sure you're spending time with your cash buyers and dialing in the numbers that they want to buy because they keep discounting them, and every time they discount them, they make it harder for us. But um, we have to adjust as they adjust. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck with properties that you can't move, and then nobody wants to be stuck with that. Oh. So yeah. And, what uh, else, man? So, so yeah, so uh, you know, I, I watched your video about tax tax delinquencies. Uh-huh. And, and uh, you said it's you know it's best to pull them like around March, right? In the springtime. Yeah, because uh so like taxes right now are coming due in the United States. So every November, usually. Uh-huh. November, December taxes are due. And then um the cities and the counties use that to fund their like police departments, fire departments, and so they don't get tied up on funding. Um, by the spring, they do a tax certificate sale and then the properties wind up on what they call a master tax delinquency list that's kept at the County level. You only got to pull it once because yeah. you get that list. And then people, as they pay their taxes off, they come off the list, but I don't care. I just want to get the list once. And then I pound away on it. And these lists, now these lists, you'd be surprised, but like one of the big counties I work. Um, I think it's 115,000 is the population, which is pretty small. Um, 24, 25,000 people are on that tax um, delinquency list. Kind of, but remember, a certain amount of people like use their taxes and they manipulate it and they use it to finance it. But it's pretty self-explanatory because most of them are in an Excel spreadsheet, and you can sort it out. I look for people. They put the tax assessed value on there, which is really helpful, so you can eliminate all the like the high end properties. 
I eliminate all the county-owned properties because they're all junk. Nobody wants them. That's why the county owns them. And then I find people that are two years or more behind on their taxes. Because if they haven't paid the taxes in two years, it's typically going to go real bad. Yeah. And then you can kind of look at it and you figure it out. And then I look for people that um, if somebody owns like more than three properties on there, most likely they're financing their taxes. They're not really a, a legitimate like delinquent. So the problem with that report is you have to sort it and find out who's actual delinquent. So my 25,000 list, I usually get down to about 2,500 to 3,000. Because I, I don't want I don't want to call twenty five thousand people that have no interest in selling their property. So three thousand is still a lot, but um, we get at least two to three deals off of it every time. So, and if you don't know how to sort the list, long as the columns are labeled, and you're a smart guy anyway, so you could figure it out. Um, you can you can find anyone who's a master at Excel spreadsheets with our world economy. Um, there's people in the Philippines. There's people in India. They're like for ten bucks. They'll sit there and work on that list five, six hours and help you out with pivot tables and all that other stuff. And um, I once spent an entire day on it. I go, I'm too stupid for this. So I just paid the people that got the better test scores in school than I did. And then they sort that list out for me. So don't yeah. waste your time doing stuff that you're not good at. Anybody can do Excel if you want to sit down and take all the tutorials and learn, but it just takes time. And honestly, you're not going to make any money doing that. So I like to use Fiverr. Like there's a Excel specialist in there. And they're like five to 10 bucks a job. It's like the best money you'll ever spend. Yeah. So uh, I was wondering, uh, should I, did you think I should pull it now and then mark it? And then when, uh, like, no, uh, that's a preference. So if it's, if it's free mm -hmm. and go for it. And then when you pull the one in spring, you can, um, take two sheets you can pay someone to do this and they can tell you which ones are duplicates. Yeah. So you don't, you don't waste money doing it. So if you mm -hmm. want to do it that way and it's free, go for it. Yeah. Um, remember tax delinquency list should be a public list because it's derived from paying um, city and county taxes, which is a public domain. So when people tell you they can't give you that list, I'm like, so what do I pay taxes for? So they still will give you resistance on it, but um, try to have them send it to you in a CSV file or an Excel file, because when they send it you in a PDF, it's a nightmare. It's yeah. the, it's really expensive to convert a PDF to a, uh, to a spreadsheet. So CSV file is considered the most common file across the world. And that's the one everyone kind of uses. Cause you can pull that into any database, um, especially anything Microsoft to make it work. Apple, any of it doesn't matter. All right. And, um, uh, and I'm calling cash buyers and, uh, uh, you know, I, I've had, a, I have like two or three that passed with the, the plastic qualifications with flying colors. Okay. Uh, but there are also some that like, um, they, they could send a proof of funds, but they like, and I asked how many properties they own uh, and they, they just said how many properties and then I asked, asked for the addresses and then they won't. They like won't tell me, but, but I can just look it up and see, you know, see it. Uh, yeah, wh which which list was that? I missed it. Uh, cash buyer. A oh, cash buyer. Um, there's just a, a little secretive, like uh, you know, like oh, I don't feel comfortable, but but I can just look it up on the property appraiser and like. It's true. And so, so listen, um, cash buyers, you look for people that uh, if I know you're serious and you can find me discounted properties. 
I just give you my information because I want you to think of me first. So um, you, you have to sort through if they're being secretive or they're being, um, they're just lying to you. And mm -hmm. it's, it's just, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Fortunately, it's not your job to sort through that. All you can be is nice to them and go, listen, I'm just, I'm trying to, to get your information so I can find the best fitting properties for you. If you're not comfortable with that, I get it. But um, I guess I can just wait till I get some of the new properties and, and see if you're interested later down the road. So you just, all you're trying to do is sort through all the BS liars that don't have cash and they're actually wholesalers acting like they're cash buyers. Cause those are typically the people that aren't cooperating with you, but you got to understand cash buyers. I don't know if I always want to give out my proof of funds to someone that doesn't have any deals or like that they're not offering me anything. Cause it's like, um, you can't give it out to everybody, but like, if you have a deal, I will jump through water to get you whatever you want. And that's where you have to get the balance. Cause some of you guys do what we call pre-marketing, which is perfectly normal, but you got to be a little bit more flexible on that part of it. Okay. And just say, listen, what are the pr other properties you bought? And they give you the information and go, don't worry. I can just look it up myself mm. and then see how they react. Cause if they're lying to you, they're going to like, well, you're, you're not going to find it because I owned it under a different company where well, you just told me you bought it under XYZ LLC. What I just try the whole idea of vetting cash buyers is trying to find people that um, are lying to you and just get rid of them off your list. So if they it, it, honestly, your common sense is your best gauge to a comes to a cash buyer. If it doesn't feel right or they're like not answering the questions right, that there's typically something wrong. And just move forward and just go, okay, I'm just gonna move forward unless this guy proves otherwise. Or just say, listen, if something changes, give me a call back. And I'd love to put you on my cash buyers list, but I just need some basic information to see if you're a good fit. And go, listen, I I only work with like five or six cash buyers. Like you only need five or six high quality people. These people mm -hmm. tell you, you need five or 600 people. It's a waste of time. You would have to hire an employee for 50 to $60,000 a year to maintain a five to 600 um, person database of cash buyers in your local, in these markets. It's impossible. You can't do it. So quality trumps. So if you had five or 10 quality, you're better off just vetting them out. Cause then when you go to send it out, those are the people that tell on you and say, what he's doing is illegal He's transacting real estate without a license because a lot of them are realtors. They're, they're your competition and stuff like that. That's why you want to vet them. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many government officials are on your guys' cash buyers list looking to bust you. Ask me how I know. That's what they do. Yeah. It's the easiest way to do it. So if I do it to reverse engineer to figure out what market you're being successful in, I'm telling you why you need to vet your cash buyers. So don't like bend on it a little bit on the proof of funds thing, especially if you don't have a deal to offer. But um, normally you ask them five or six questions. If it doesn't add up, it's usually your gut is at 100% right. And you need to just stick to it. Yeah. Okay. Huh. What's the uh, temperature over there right now? Uh, like Fahrenheit, I have no idea. It was like, uh, I think seven degrees Celsius, maybe five. You, you got to wear a jacket when you go outside. Yeah. Uh, for a long time. Yeah. Oh my God. So does it snow there? Yeah, not yet, but it will come soon. Oh man, <laughs> winter's coming. Yeah, we get we get no snow here in Florida. Like, that never snows. It snowed once in my entire life, and it was like oh. very brief. So, but interesting. So, guys, this guy's doing it like on the other side of the world. So, I, I'm glad you got your stuff right. So, just keep at it. Take the tips I used you, and you'll be fine. Mm. Uh, thank you, Rick. Okay, bud. I'll see you, man. Okay.
Joe, you there? Hey, Rick. Yes. What's going doing? on, man? How you doing? Uh, doing pretty good, man. Just uh, just on the road, about to see my mom. Uh, have them few I, kids and such. You got but, some uh, trick or treat going on? Nah, man. Nah. <laughs> nah. You got to keep the kids entertainment. I hear kids in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we we take we take care of that. We just we just say taking a different lane, you know, in that regard. But um, but yeah, nah, man. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, yeah. We're okay. not really on the Halloween tip like that. What can I help you out with, man? Because I don't have on a costume today. I should have. You are hilarious. Um, <laughs> so I got off the phone with uh, <laughs> literally a probate uh, lead now. Uh, okay. Before before the live so legit rick so the woman a woman answered the phone and then you know i asked them you know are you you know are you the owner of such and such property two people started talking and then uh i was like is there so two people now so it was a guy too yeah so i guess the woman was speaking with her fiance but the uh the fiance is in prison so uh -oh. he's yeah, he's the PR. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so, wild. Yeah. So, long story short, uh, they are looking to sell, and uh, yeah, he doesn't get out until January thirty first of next year, and uh, he's looking to sell eight as soon as possible. He said he hired a lawyer. He told me about the what the current current condition is. And uh, he said it. He had said at first that he's changing. He's changing the name on the deed to his instead of his grandma's. So that's when I asked him. You know, just acting like I didn't know anything. Is it going through probate? And he was like, Yeah, it's going through probate. So I was like, All right, cool. So well, uh, you know, I can help you every step of the way, this any or the other. But then um, it was crazy because um, the automated message was like, Yeah, one minute left. <laughs> you know. Oh my! Yeah, no, I, I've been through those. I've I've seen that before. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so my question is: so obviously, I, I I get that I'm not I'm not going to use you and uh, Zach's contract. I would have to use the California uh, real estate appointed contract. In this scenario, like how I I, I wouldn't know like how to write it up because the fiance, well, the guy's fiance told me that she'll give me a call back after he's able to uh after they get like a, a rotation of you know whatever inmates need to use the phone or whatever uh -huh. um, i i just want to know how to like write out a contract like how that would how he would be i i would assume that she would like i would send a contract to her and then he would she would get it somehow to him so uh, so you got a couple ways so if you so you're preparing a contract you're not really familiar with. If you have a local title company, this is where they help you out a lot. Uh -huh. And what I would do is um, have them pull it up on the computer to make it nice and clean. Uh -huh. Then you got one of two choices. You can go get the signature. It's a nightmare. Um, I prefer to send in a family member to get the signature uh -huh. and then work out the details with that family member on like any type of negotiations because it's a lot of work to get in there to visit people. Um, I, I've done it multiple times for like arrest records I've dealt with. Yeah. It, you almost feel like the criminal yourself when you go in there. Like you, you get completely searched. 
like they pat you down, like a guard stands over you. It's like really intimidating. And it's like, and then sometimes the people aren't cooperative on the other side. So I prefer to send in a family member because you understand you're sitting in jail all day. Somebody wants to come in and talk to you. They don't want to talk about a contract. I, I'm just going to let you know up front. It gets really weird. So if yeah. you can have somebody else kind of do that dirty work for you, I think you would be better off. But guys, listen, people still have rights even when they're incarcerated all the time. So it, this happens a lot more than you think it does. Yeah. And it's most realtors cannot solve this problem. That's why wholesalers are a perfect fit when someone is detained and stuff like that. Um, I've, I've probably done about 12 properties like this. It's not a lot, mm. but uh, it adds up. Yeah. And, uh, it's, you know, it's some of them are weird. Now I will tell you during um, this, this pandemic we had, it was an absolute nightmare. It was almost impossible. You oh. couldn't even get near it. Like you had to mail everything in. And then, and then if you ever mail something to a jailhouse, it all gets reviewed um, by their clearing house. So it's like, and then half the stuff never makes it to the inmate anyway. So um, you're fine. Remember, you just got to jump through a few more hoops. And then I would try to work with the family member best you can because they know that person the best. And then as long as you work with them, um, typically the person incarcerated, they usually wind up doing like a yes or a no with that person. Well, here's the deal, though. Before he got off the phone, he told me that he's the only he's the only surviving uh uh, person who inherited that property along with uh, a couple of other properties. Okay. Uh, in my market under the trust that his grandma entrusted to him. And now she's since transitioned. Uh, but after he got cut off, a fiance told me that she was the power of attorney of him. So, yeah. I, so here's what I would yes. do is I, I would I would take this to my local title company and then see if they can make heads uh, or tails of what you just told me, because you got to like because they're going to tell you what they need to get the property sold. And then you might have to reverse engineer it. And so they might ask you, do you have a copy of the will or do you know a declaration um, where this was um, initiated somewhere? And then you it. can start asking the questions. Listen, the incarceration thing, it's a pain in the butt. The idea is you if you have to go deal with it, which isn't no big deal. I did it all the time, especially in the beginning. You just want to minimize your trip so you can ask every question because you only get like a 15, 20 minute window when you get Yeah, that's true. So you got to get down to business. Like I need to know this, 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 and this. And then listen, if if it's true what he's saying, then you got to be like his if you can help him out and get him squared away, like it, it's a benefit to him. Yeah. And remember, what, what's your motivating factor for him to do a deal with you this year? What's his motivating factor? What what's if if say he wants to stall or take his time and think about it, what kind of leverage can you use against somebody in today's market? Mm, uh, price. The price. The interest rate. Prices are going down. down. I've got a lot more houses I look at. I'd love to do this, but like the offer is not going to go up. It's just going to keep going down. So if we want to do yeah. this, let's go ahead and run with this. I'll try to wrap it up this year, whatever the advantage is to you. you obviously, right. you got to get his cooperation. But remember, if he tries to stall or something, go, listen, I'm trying to put money back in your pocket. So, yeah. And then you're, you're yeah. going to have to find out, like, I try not to get in the weeds on what they're incarcerated for and stuff. I've had some weird ones. Right. I had a murderer, right, had a murderer right. once. True right. story. And I had to make a judgment call. I'm like, you know what? The, the house doesn't know who's a murderer or not. I just want to buy the house. I don't want to buy the guy. So, 
Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> I, I've Did had some weird ones. I'm like, I'm not here to make a judgment. Like that house is going to get sold. So if I buy it or a realtor lists it and sells it, what's the difference? So I'm not going to do anything uh, crazy, but I would take the exactly what you told me, sit down with your local title company have pull up the property and just see if you can find anything related to like the probate with it and see if you can get some answers up front. Then you can decide what next step to do it. And then you can decide how, if he has the authority to enter into the agreement and see if it's going to work out and then okay. try to get it done. And someone's going to have to go to the jail twice. I'm just like, there's no way you're getting it done in one shot. Yeah. 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 And then, um, you know, find out if you got to get something notarized, do you want to get it all done there? And the good thing is, like, most courts have a, a notary present, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, another thing I had, um, I had a question about tax delinquencies. So, uh, so I'm in San Bernardino County, Riverside County. Well, I live in San Bernardino County, but I'm, okay. I'm working in San Bernardino, Riverside County. And San Bernardino County... They said uh, it's going to be like over two hundred fifty dollars uh, to get a list, but they were trying. No, what, I think it was Riverside County that actually transferred me from like one one department to the next to the next to the next. Yeah. And the last one they transferred me to was saying like, you know, you had to get a list of tax sales. That call. I call it seventy. It's going to be like over two hundred fifty bucks, and it's kind of similar for Riverside County as well, too. So, yeah, um, is that accurate in my market? Is well, re remember, you just got to find out if that's their policy or not. Like, I, you got thirty five hundred counties. I can't speak on their behalf. Some of the counties, uh -huh. I do have to pay some smaller fees, uh -huh. but you just got to find out if they're not just trying to upcharge you and find out if that's their policy. Yeah. And you just got to like, you just got to work through it. Like it's, I, unfortunately that's going to be specific to your market and you just got to find out what the truth is right. and just make sure that not be, some of these departments go, well, I have to build you a custom list and I got to charge you $75 an hour for my IT guy to do that. No, 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 no. Just give me your damn master list. I don't need you to customize anything. You don't want them to customize anything for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just dig and fight through it, but I'm going to let you go because your connection's breaking up here. I'm hearing every third word. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, that's good. So okay, okay, I heard everything you said. Okay, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll speak with the uh, I'll speak with the title company, the local title company about, okay. about it tomorrow. About the yeah, and just work on it. You'll figure. Yeah, you'll figure it out. But like jails, just remember that's a problem you can solve. No other realtor is going to solve that. They're not going to go there to get a listing or anything like that. So I would look at it as like you have the up upper leg on it. You just got to figure out how to solve it correctly and legally and do it that way. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. I appreciate you, Rick. Okay. I'll see you. Bye. Okay. What's up, Steve? Awesome. Behold said she's going to join Jerry Norton's 10K Club. If, you know, God bless you. If you, you want to pay for it, go for it. I don't believe um, he wholesales anymore. I believe he just does high-end flips. Good guy, but you're you're going to pay for that wholesaling information that uh, me and Zach give away for free. But that's your choice. It's a uh, free world. I had one other question here I want to answer. Uh, I said, hey, Rick and Zach, I have a title company that will only move forward on a transaction if both purchase and sales agreements are presented. How do you feel about this? And please let me know. Would love to hear your opinion. So I assume the purchase and sales agreement from your seller both the purchase and the sales agreement. 
So normally we call it a PSA, a purchase and sales agreement. That's when I enter an agreement with the seller. If you're talking about when you go ahead and resell it, does that make sense? But like, honestly, a title company, if they haven't done business with you before and they don't know you, it makes sense. They want some paperwork because they have to pull title and they want to know you're serious. So about half the companies do require that. So it's not uncommon. I don't know if you're talking about two separate contracts or just one. Normally it's just one contract. They run title. And then if you do an assignment, to be honest with you, you're not doing another contract. It's just an assignment, a contract to assign your rights. And um, so it should just be one contract. But yeah, I mean, that's common because uh, they want to make sure everybody actually wants to do business with them. So um, purchase and assignment. Um, no, because here's the deal is you have to um, give them a purchase agreement and run the title before you can even find out if you can assign it. So um, I guess in a perfect world, it'd be easier for them, but one is not Remember, an assignment is just transferring your rights. That's it. So the purchase and sales agreement, 98% of people at a title company only give a purchase and sales agreement. The assignment agreement is just to let somebody else basically take over your rights. So, um, I don't know why they need both because an assignment agreement is really simple. It's black and white. So, um, but a lot of times if you ask a title company, Hey, can you run the title before I get a contract? They don't want to like risk their time and their money to do it. So it makes sense, but like really good question. I, I don't blame you for that question. So guys, if you are brand new to this, make sure you go over to freewholesaling.com where we break it down for free for you. It's get you up to your first deal, not on your first deal, your first hundred thousand dollars. And we teach the whole thing for free. So stay tuned this week. we got some exciting things coming this week. we got a little bit change in schedule. It's all good stuff. Yes, me and Zach will be live this week. i got some special private recorded content information I've been dying to release to you guys. Make sure you're subscribed on my YouTube channel, Rick Ginn. Check out my son's channel on Zach Ginn. And then always meet us where we collaborate on Flip with Rick, guys. Go out there. Go out and trick-or-treat. Find some ugly houses while you're getting the candy with those kids. Let's go get some deals. Let's change people's lives. I love you guys, and I will see you soon.